you really first have to have that motivation and that purpose in yourself before you sign a contract with us. So I think for the personal development is important that people change and I I rather fear the NGOs where everybody has been there for 20 and more years, I would say like, ooh, that is sort of a risk for the organization. Welcome back, everyone, to this episode all about the world of work of NGOs and in particular, Save the Children, as I continue the conversation with Adrian Furster, CEO of Save the Children in Switzerland. And we talk about how that world of work is actually changing as well from an external perspective, but also what are the challenges when it comes to managing the workforce. Let's tune into the conversation. Maybe also in terms of the profile of the people who are who are joining these organizations, um, but also the way of working in these organizations, not only internally, but also how you relation yourself, you know, with in the countries, for example, um, where, where you're, you're supporting. Yeah, there is a, a change in the perception of NGOs on a global level. And uh, there's a more critical view of it, uh, which is good, which challenges us. In some countries, of course, uh, this, the space for civil society is shrinking because uh, the governments don't like the NGOs that maybe challenge also certain um, situations and certain structures or certain um, lack of support for, for the society by the government. And even in Switzerland, we saw that with the latest initiative on corporate social responsibility, where there was a backlash afterwards, a political backlash on NGOs who were very strong in in that campaign for corporate social responsibility, uh, where politicians don't like it if NGOs, you know, become too strong and have a say in in those kind Mm. of matters. So there is a, a critical view on NGOs and some of it also is is right. One of the outcomes is that there's a lot more compliance requirements, which is good, uh, uh, but still it is a challenge. And it means that we have to be much more ready also on on the legal side when it comes to data protection and image rights and accounting requirements. So there is this Mm -hmm. whole change of where we have to become, on the one hand, more professional and we, I think the NGOs did a huge step. It's not this sort of self-made, let's just mm-hmm. have a good heart that that's enough. And that is not enough. Uh, on the other hand, we see also this critical view on a political level of NGOs where we sometimes have to challenge the same governance that support us. And uh, that is always an interesting one. You know, how much do you go into that mm-hmm. or not? Uh, a nice example again in Afghanistan where... All of a sudden, with the change of regime, there was this question, will women still be allowed to um, work in our programs? And we had a lot of women in education and uh, health sector, and it was not sure whether that would still be allowed or not by the new regime in Afghanistan. And what you do now, would you sort of um, insist on your principle and then in in... If they deny the, uh, that right, mm-hmm. you would stop the program or you say, well, we have a principle and we have a conviction that women should be allowed to work. But for the sake of the children in education and for their health, we still work only with men if we can't otherwise. So those are sort of the challenges where things change in, in, in some countries where we see that uh, governments put more and more restrictions on NGOs and in certain countries they're kicked out, like in India or in Russia, 
a lot of NGOs were expelled uh, because the government didn't like their work. Well, that opens up right a whole different as well, exactly perspective, the geopolitical uh, considerations, um, which tells me that uh, actually when you are also looking for people working with you, for you, well, yeah, it requires those technical skills, but it requires, in my opinion, a lot of um, ability to maneuver through very delicate, uh, I would say, situations that can be also life-threatening to a certain extent. I mean, I, I would imagine your, your staff on the ground is protected, is safe, also in Afghanistan and, and these troubled um, countries. Uh, but but I would imagine the hardship, it, it really goes up a huge notch when, when we talk about, um, you know, NGOs like, like the ones uh, uh, you're leading. Um, because it touches neurological points of society, and it does touch upon deeply rooted cultural either changes, um, like in the one in Afghanistan, that are ideologically driven, but that have devastating effects on, on society as a whole. And uh, let me just add, if I may, that the future of children is to a great extent linked to the future of women. If, you know... I don't think it's a general. It's it's an overgeneralization saying that the motherhood concept, or anyway, the the being able to live in a family or be raised in a family, right? That feels they have the freedom uh, and access to medicine, education, etc. I think mm -hmm. that is one of the fundamental things, also for a child, to be able to grow up Absolutely. in a serene way, right? Yeah, and you're touching on an interesting point there. I think there's also sometimes this very romantic view about being abroad and helping the poor and how nice that is and how well you feel. And what is often overlooked is that there's a lot of sacrifice with it. I mean, for those staff in Afghanistan or in Yemen or in South Sudan, there's a lot of sacrifice and people are killed sometimes, people disappear, people get caught in, in, in roadblocks or have an accident or diseases, climate, you name it, you have it, all those troubles. And I think it's one of the things that people don't see. They 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 romanticize sometimes those contexts where they're really hard and it's really hard to live there and work there. And it's one of the things that we also want to make sure that our local partners, we really see that and understand that and don't push them to do things that endanger them or, 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 mm -hmm. or exhaust them totally. So I think that is one of the important things to understand. It's not a fun thing to work in those countries. No, absolutely. Which which links us to, you know, what we were saying before, you really have to have as well this internal inner driven motivation, absolutely. almost like a vocation of saying, yes, you know, yeah. um, I go anyway, you know, and, yeah. I, and I do it anyway. Um, one of my ex-colleagues, I remember she was actually, it's interesting you say that there's a romantic view on that, but when you're in HR, you lose your romanticism in whatever sector you're in because you quickly <laughs> yes. get to see the, 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 well, you get to see so many components of, of how wonderfully beautiful and cruel we can be as a human race. But at the time, she was actually HR support for uh, the Red Cross and uh, international assignments she had to leave because it reached the point where it was the, the tragedies of their colleagues, you know, some of them just don't come back. Uh, yeah. And, and it, it, it takes a toll, uh, you know, from many, many uh, perspectives and points of view. So 
I, I think that's it's so important, you know, to communicate all of these things and to make sure that people see beyond um we'll see see reality the way it is and, and the complexities of it which also make it you know um all the more rewarding most probably when you do succeed absolutely and there's a lot of hardships out there what that we don't realize because uh even if you're not in a war zone, if, even if you're just somewhere in rural Africa, just the climate gets at you. I mean, you, people don't realize that. And it's very hard to make people understand that. And I think that's one of the reasons why we say our grant managers who run those programs, it is good for them uh, to have maybe a, a little a bit of an extended stay at some point in their career in one of those contexts, just to, to better understand how things work and that internet is not for granted and uh, health is not for granted and uh, political stability is not for granted. Absolutely. All those things that we just take as normal, um, we just can't imagine what it means. And so it's very helpful to understand that. And then you also start thinking different about what is success in a program because you 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 adjust your realities and your expectations. Wow, wow. And and we were mentioning that you actually operate as well in this wider ecosystem. So um, not only within with, with other NGOs, but we were talking about like that your talents, you don't only see them necessarily the ones internally employed by you, but actually you also have many partners, your workforce ecosystem, let's put it this way, is much broader um, than your 50 FTEs, let's say, in in, in Zurich. And tell me a little bit about that and how, because I do think in companies, we tend to want to own the talent, retain the talent and, you know, who's in is in, who's out is out. You know, you're our employee and therefore you're part of a, a whole development and talent process. Um, but <laughs> I do think that's going to change in companies too. So running on limited budgets, limited resources internally, how do you, how does that ecosystem look like from a human uh, resource probably maybe exactly because we're not in competition that those that ecosystem goes even beyond their own organization because we're not about profit we're about the cause about the purpose so i even here i meet regularly with our direct competitors as child rights organizations we meet regularly for lunch and exchange and say how are you doing how can we support each other where can we collaborate because we have a common purpose and, and that is the great thing about wherever you go, you have people who immediately, it's about the end goal. And it's not about ego or position or, uh, you know, having advantage, taking advantage over the other, because we're all not driven by, by money or income, but by the purpose. And so that makes it a lot different in, in working. And you don't see each other as competitors, really. That's fantastic. Yeah, because there are many companies driven by purpose as well, but uh, there are shareholders behind those, that purpose. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, like, I don't think some of my colleagues in the pharma would accept to work for lower salaries for what they do, even though it's a fantastic purpose. But it's a whole different economic model, for sure. Um, and it and gets a bit, you know. And that's maybe sort of the entry barrier, you know. Uh, that's why yes. we have such a cool team here and so motivated people because they're not doing it for the salary. Our, our salaries are okay, but they're never the same as you would have out mm. in the market. So it's sort of, you really first have to have that motivation and that purpose mm -hmm. in yourself before you sign a contract with us. And otherwise, you're not going to do it. And so mm. there's different type of people here and uh, 
it, it makes things very um, joyful to work together because it's uh, it's not just a job. Oh, fantastic. And I'm curious, what's the tenure like on, on average? How long people do? How long do they stay uh, with you? If off the top of your head, I mean, it's it's off not the a... top of my head. We have a turnover rate of thirteen percent over the last twelve months. So uh, wow. people tend to stay long. We have uh, quite some turnover in the last year, but it's all people who've been with us for four years, five years, six years, eight years, who just saw that they could do a different uh, step Something in their else. career. Mm-hmm. Um, because we were a small organization, and of course we have interns who are now team leads, but I mean, in an organization of 50, there's not there, there is a certain limit to your development. And I really encourage people also, if they came straight from the studies that worked with us for five years, to say, hey, for your personal development, it would be great if you saw into a different organization and and, and changed context. I, I would just, I, I don't regret if or resent if they leave because I think it is important. Yes. I myself also, every time I, I changed the organization, I learned a lot and it is enriching and it in, in, in gives you a wider view of things. So I think for the personal development is important that people change. And I, I rather fear the NGOs where everybody has been there for 20 and more years. I would say like, ooh, that is right. sort of a risk for the organization. Right. And and I do think this is going to be the, the new normal anyway. And I would even add uh, the revolving door concept, like let your people move on to something else let them come back why not Absolutely. bring in you know Absolutely. it's all about the bumblebees that travel around and we kind of <laughs> and many of them who left the past year said hey this was such a great experience i maybe i'll come back at some day and we say yes you're welcome it will be cool so i i think that is a i, I fully agree uh, we have to be open uh, with regards yes. to that and yeah and let, let the people grow and kind of yeah, get 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 the learnings through yeah. different type of experience and exposures. And at the same time, every time we have a new person coming, we benefit because the new person sees certain aspects that we didn't see anymore, and changes yeah. them and improves. And yeah. so uh, it is always a an asset to have new people also coming in, also from business. Uh, sometimes very interesting to have people from business come in. They have a different perspective of things, uh, a different way of thinking. And uh, we encourage that. We don't want to become this kind of, you know, NGO that sort of stays the same and doesn't change and mm-hmm. does things the way they always did. We want to really progress and and evolve with with the with the context. Yeah. And that's so important because ultimately, what however you define success, it is about success. It is about being successful. Whether it's about reaching forty-two million children instead of forty million, or wherever you set that bar. Success breeds success. Nobody wants to work in a, in a non-successful organization, whether that's an NGO or whether that is a, a publicly traded uh, yes. um, company. Do you still have time for a couple of more questions? Yes, uh, go on. <laughs> because uh, as we were talking about those development, I was wondering, do you also organize or have international assignments? Is that any in, in any way part of the development philosophy of saying, okay, uh, a couple of my uh, fundraisers or global managers will send them to the UK or vice versa, or you have some sort of swapping uh, and rotation type of activities to develop your staff or how does it have, 
How do you it's see one of that? the things that we are working on right now to to have that talent development and exactly have those exchanges. It is sometimes very complicated just for legal questions, you know, with all the insurances and legal contracts and, and the taxes and all that. It doesn't make it very easy nowadays to just second somebody for two or three months to, to a different country. Uh, but right now we're just seconding somebody to Cairo because we have a larger project of migration there. And we said it's so mm-hmm. important that it would be good to have, have somebody for, from our organization be there. So there is already a Swiss person there. So then now we're going to send somebody else uh, to replace uh, we yes we, we do that regularly and what we also encourage if uh, let's say i travel to a different country for a project visit maybe why not stay on for a few more weeks and mm-hmm. just work from that country office and be with those people and better understand their context so we're working on that we haven't conceptualized it yet fully but it's one of the things that we really want to do of course right now with the whole travel right. restrictions it's sort of like a bit iffy uh, when this going to happen? When it's going to happen, but that's the intention to 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 do Absolutely. that. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think many multinationals they do benefit. You know, I ask these questions because I've also seen great benefits from, you know, having programs that invest uh, in people's development outside of your national borders, outside of your even cantonal borders, or kind of because. Mm-hmm being exposed to different cultures you may be very successful in a certain environment but may not be that successful when the culture changes and dynamics change etc so i I really believe that is a fundamental aspect when we talk about the world of work and how you develop your career regardless of the direction that career is going to go um but being exposed to different ways of working and different cultures is is very enriching and we also benefit. We have right now a woman working for us in fundraising. She is Dutch, worked for the UK organization, lives, works from Spain and comes regularly to Switzerland to support us. And, and I think with the whole remote working, it has become a lot easier to exchange mm-hmm. talents even on uh, when you work remotely. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and in, in finishing, before I get, I get to the, the wow question of what's wowing you, <laughs> mm-hmm. because that's part of the, that's part of, the world of work tradition. It's like, what's wowing you? Because it's all about putting that wow factor to work for all of us. Um, but as a CEO of Save the Children Switzerland, you know, what what keeps you up at night? What is it? What are those things that are like, mm, okay, this is this is this is really keeping me up? Yeah, there is moments, you know, where we have to always be very efficient. We try our, our challenges really, and we, we really achieve that regularly to send 80% of our income directly to the field, to the programs, and not have high admin costs. But it means that we have to be very efficient at, at our headquarters here and make the most out of uh, what we have as resources. And sometimes, of course, the, the work is overwhelming and you have too many things going on, too many things that come from all sides and uh, or you can't fill positions because uh, it's just hard to recruit people here in Switzerland and that that's sometimes what keeps me awake at night when you see you just realize we're not on top uh, in terms of work because it's just too much and we don't want to engage more people because Mm. uh, we have to be uh, careful with the resources that that's certainly one thing that Mm. um, sometimes keeps me awake yes. No, I can I can imagine juggling multiple tasks with very limited yeah. um, resources. Exactly available. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, and instead, what is it? What is it that makes you very happy when you wake up in the morning? <laughs> because just, maybe those are the nightmares. But hey, when you wake up in the morning, what is it that gives you that? that, that I, I think it's two things. I really like being with people, and I'm always fascinated. I mean, this morning I got to know you, and you just said, "Wow, where does this person come from? This is incredible." <laughs> The talent she brings and the and the the walk of life she she gone through and Thank all that. You. It's just like very fascinating. And with every person, I see always the positive things. I, I always focus on the strengths of people. And then you just got this just for over lunch. I got to know our two interns that just started. And you again you go like, wow, young people so talented, so multicultural coming mm -hmm. here to work with us just to get to know them. What is your pastime? What do you do? Where you come from? I just find it very rewarding to see what, what, how, what gifts people bring into the organization and how they, how they use them. That is, that is just fascinating. And the other thing is I'm a generalist. I get, if I have redundant kind of work, you know, sort of routine, I get really quickly bored. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And as, as a general manager, I mean, you have every day with fundraising and HR and finance and global programs and communications are, are coming across your door, asking questions, telling what is going on. You give your input, uh, they go away again. They tell you about their successes. They tell you about your their problems. Mm -hmm. And it's just so, so such a variety of tasks. And I just love that. I'm a oh, generalist yeah. and yes. uh, I'm, um, yeah, myself, somebody who really likes to be in, in different things, uh, to, 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 uh, yeah, to got around already in different positions. And so it's, it's just fun to, to use all that knowledge and, and see what is going on. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. And and is that what's also wowing you? Is that's what's making you absolutely <laughs> that's absolutely. what's giving you that kick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really like it. And then of course, I mean, you know, I worked for my first and only position in in the in the finance sector was in an insurance company. And uh, that was also a great job and very interesting work. But it was in, in the end about, you know a 2 billion benefit, move it to 2.01 million benef billion benefit, it just didn't trigger me at all. And just the thought of, you know, working for a company just to have some figure on their bank account increasing, it, I, yeah, mm. I couldn't have been doing that all my life, you know, just working for some big company to increase their benefits. So I think right. just to know that I'm working for a purpose that, that changes children children's lives i think that is just is very rewarding and wows me every day well that's fantastic that that wows me actually. well here we are we've reached the end of this episode all about the world of work of ngos in particular save the children and i do thank wholeheartedly adrian Furster for having taken part of this conversation and for having given us a little bit of a glimpse of what that world of work actually looks like and I am particularly happy about this partnership and really looking forward to this live music and fundraising event that we are going to be holding and hosting right here in Zurich. And again, with that purpose of putting children's need at the center of entertainment and fundraising. Now, that being said, here's the catch. Whatever your world of work may be like, whatever it may look like, whatever pr profession you may be in, what counts at the end of the day for you to feel fulfilled is really to what extent is that touching your sense of purpose because that sense of purpose is going to be driving a lot of what you do and it's going to be getting you through all the hardships that ultimately the world of work also throws at us. 
Do we like hardships? Because it's through hardships and challenges that we know we grow and we develop. Until the next time, as always, tune into the World of Work podcast to the wow. And if you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out to me. Take good care.